Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Tonight, um, I want us to talk about what do we do and and recognizing and some helpful uh, helpful scriptural um, hints, tidbits on handling pressure. What to do when pressure comes? We all will face pressure, uh, whether it be time. Um, time always presents us uh, with a good hard push of at some point. I think that's probably one of the earliest points of pressure that every human being experiences. Hurry up, get your shoes on. We're leaving. <laughs> You know, time test. Oh my gosh. Anybody remember those time multiplication tests? Oh, yes. You know, I was never the, the, the smartest. I was never the dumbest. I was always right in the middle. You know, I was average. I made good grades, but I, I just, on that kind of stuff, I was just always, you know, kind of average in there. That was all right. One day I realized that's my lot in life. I'm okay with that. <laughs> You know, you just have skills, you have gifts in other ways, you know. Um, my husband says he wasn't even in that lot. He wasn't even a part of uh, the group, and he was okay with that. And so, uh, but you, you remember those time tests and the pressure, not only of finishing the test, but getting them right. <laughs> you, didn't, you don't just go to get to fill in a blank and then say, I'm done with whatever number you want. You know what I mean? You don't just get to go, okay, I filled in all of it. I've got 30 seconds left. I'm, I'm all complete because if they're all wrong, you still failed. It's not about the time you finish. It's also about how you finish. How many of you also feel that in life? It's not about the time, just about the time. It's about how we, people who truly want to live righteous, people who truly love God with all of their heart, all of their mind, all of their soul, all of their being, they, they don't just care about um, how uh, or the time that they complete and, 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 and when things are done, they want them to be done right. They want to be right. They, they, they want their heart to be right. They want their life, their families, everything. And the devil sees that. And he'll put pressure, even, even with right intentions, he, he'll bring pressure to twist those right intentions, those good intentions, um, to see if you'll take out of the goodness of your heart and even turn on yourself. I've been there so many times. You, you, you're so sincere before God. You're so genuine that you don't realize you have worried yourself into pleasing God. <laughs> you're trying to please him and worry. I'm so, you, you get so worried that you're going to fail in believing, that you're going to fail in pleasing, that you're going to fail in your, your walk, your race, and anything you're doing in life that you're worried and you've brought pressure. Pressure has come and the devil through thoughts of failure, thoughts of displeasing God, uh, thoughts of coming up short, thoughts of not being enough, thoughts of you don't have enough faith. I mean, you've been there. You, I mean, you just, you heard it over, you don't have enough faith, you don't have enough faith, you don't have enough faith, you never get healed, you never get set free, you never get delivered because... Your faith isn't, the measure of your faith, it, it, people with the right intentions hear a message on the measure of faith and then beat themselves up because they don't have enough faith. 
Nothing in the word ever brings condemnation. Will ever put you down. Amen. Will never, the word never brings pressure to you. If you understand how, now this is what we're going to talk about tonight, how to see it, it'll relieve pressure, not bring pressure. If you understand how to see it, so we see time. What about not enough? Not enough will bring pressure. No answer. You, you've got a question, you've got a need, and there's no answer for you. You don't know in the natural how to answer that situation. People, like we said, ourselves, but people put pressure on us. Family puts pressure. Things people do, bring, we allow that to put pressure on us. Um, we said even right motives, wrong motives. Sometimes wrong motives, trying to act in faith, puts you in a position of pressure that God didn't intend for you to be in. You know, because you uh, wanted to do something that somebody else did or you saw something or, you know, out of pride or, or uh, some other flow other than God's divine flow of leading by the Spirit, you got yourself in a position of pressure. That's all right. That's why we need a Savior. Amen? Remember when Jesus... We're not going to talk about how to get rid of pressure tonight. We're going to talk about what we see when we're in it. Um, notice Jesus, when he was in the storm, uh, when he was walking on the water, before he got in the disciples' boat, when he was walking on the water, he didn't set out. They went ahead. He didn't set out to walk on the water and go, okay, I'm going to go to the other side. Waves be still, wind cease, storms stop, uh, rain stop. I'm going across. Jesus walked across under great pressure. He didn't look for relief before he stepped out in faith. He didn't look for relief before he kept going on his journey to the next place that the Holy Ghost told him to go. How many of you say, Lord, I could run my race better. I could do more. I could give more. <laughs> you know? I could, I could be more if you would just take it away from me. <laughs> if you'll just lift this pressure, Lord. Jesus didn't do that. He set out with the storm, knowing and seeing it. I guarantee you, because he set out later than those disciples. He could see, I know he saw what was coming. And he still, in the midst of the storm, he was still walking. He was still walking. He wasn't look, and I, I, I believe that's a true example. He was a walking in a, in a demonstration to us. You don't start walking and you don't step out in faith and you don't quit walking when the storm starts. You just keep going. It's not about what you're walking in, it's how you walk. People always are looking to control what they're walking in, what they're, got to control this, got to control that. If I, listen, pressure will tell you, you can't eat this, you can't eat that, you can't do this. Now, the other side of the coin is you better take care of your body, the temple that God gave you. You get one, you get one body. And many people pay a consequence with that body years down the road because they made decisions with that body that the Holy Ghost kept dealing with them Okay, don't call the Holy Ghost dealing with you to make changes with your physical condition and call it pressure. Right. 
Oh, it's too much pressure. Oh, it's too much pressure. No. He's going to, I love what Pastor Nancy says uh, in her book, Causes. The body is the greatest asset, or your body is the greatest asset God gave you. Not money. Money's not your greatest asset. Your job is not your greatest asset. I'm going to tell you this. Your mind, uh, your intellect, parents, listen, we, we have smart children. I believe the children in this church, no matter what, are smart. They're bright. You better be speaking that over them. They're intelligent. There's many forms of intelligence. And I don't just uh, uh, box my children into one form of intelligence. You can make a solid effort, brother, whether you're good at spelling or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> True story I'm going to tell my son, because this is what preachers do. They tell on their kids. True story. News is going to come out today. My son didn't pass his spelling pace today. First time, I think, ever. And he comes in and he says, running in. And nothing gets Bubby down. Nothing gets him down. Um, which I love that. But sometimes he's not sober, you know, about life and about things. Um, the apple does not fall far from the tree. So I, I, he comes running in, you know, he's trying to take tests uh, and, and get these things done at a certain time today. And he, and he comes in, and he says, you have to buy me another Word building pace because I didn't pass that one. I said, get out of my office. We're upstairs. Get out of my office. I, like I've been working with him all night last night, you know. And he does fine. He really does. When he focuses and applies himself, he does really just fine. So don't feel sorry for my son that he has some kind of spelling, you know, <laughs> dyslexia. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> so what Pastor Nancy's sister, she was in Colorado with us and she was helping him. And she had helped Stephen years ago with his multiplication. And so we got to spend so much wonderful time with her. And she was helping, but she's a teacher, so she was helping Bubby. And, and she said, well, maybe he's got, you know, just a little bit of like, you know, dyslexia or something, which, you know, there's ways you can, we have so much knowledge now, you can work with anything. My husband had, you know, some, some setbacks when it came to learning. And so I said, okay, well, maybe. I mean, you know, but last I checked, he just doesn't know how to focus. And so she's, you know, she's going through things and, and they were doing math and finally he gets to reading and he starts reading and she goes, oh no, he doesn't have dyslexia because halfway through his reading, he goes, how long do you think it'll take Didi to get home from her trip uh, from Colorado? I said, I told you, he just, <laughs> squirrel, you know, he's at the attention span of a poodle or our poodle, you know? And so, uh, so smart, you know, he, he makes good grades and so he comes in and he says, you have to buy me another pace. You know, I don't know how, they're, they're not much. And I said, get out of my office. I've been working with you all night. And the next thing I know, wait a second, you have money. And I go out, lean out of Joel's office. I said, you're paying for the pace with your own money. You ain't putting that on me, brother. That, I didn't fail that test. I know, I know where your money is. I keep it. So you're paying up. You're not putting that pressure on me. That's right. You know, sometimes that's what you have to do. You're not putting that pressure. See, the devil chose a long time ago which side he was going to be on. And he spends his time trying to convince you to dishonor God's word the way he did. How do we dishonor God's word? Disbelief, doubt, fear, anxiety. So what does he do to get you to, to, to that place? Putting pressure on you 
with circumstances and situations. See, Jesus still believed as a man walking across that sea, he still believed the power of God was enough to sustain him. He didn't need the pressure to go to believe that the power of God is still enough. If you're struggling to believe under pressure, I've got an answer for you. The word of God has an answer for you tonight. But sometimes you just have to go, oh no, you're not putting that on me. You have to answer that pressure. Talk to it. Sometimes you gotta even talk to the pressure separate from even the situation. I've had to do that. You know what I'm saying? You've got symptoms, you've got uh, a financial need, and there's just, it seems like pressure when, there, when there's one thing that's just standing up so strong in front of you that needs your faith to address it. You are not enough in, a, in and of yourself. You recognize that. I cannot um, achieve what the Spirit of God is leading me to do without God. And you finally come to that realization but pressure will come even in the midst of it. Sometimes you just got to answer that bombardment, that push. Before you can even speak and declare words of faith. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Because what happens is, is you'll, try, you'll try to speak words of faith to the, sta- to the same level of degree, you know, the same degree that that pressure is coming. No, by his stripes, I am healed. <laughs> so pressure's on you. You got to get your healing. <laughs> you know? No, bless God, I, I, all my needs are supplied. All the money comes in. We have more than enough. And I mean, you find you're, you're not answering from a place of peace. You're still answering from a place of pressure. Okay, what do we do? We got to get that pressure so that we can speak and declare and worship and praise and, and declare the word of God from a place of rest. Jesus, you never heard him answering in a frantic tone. (laughs) He never spoke. You know, unless you're dealing, uh, you know, with something that God has specifically, you know, there's times we shout. There is times that we need to be aggressive with our faith. But you'll know that's at the leading of the Spirit. But don't answer pressure with faith pressure back. You answer with peace. We answer back with peace. That's our appropriate, that's a believer's appropriate response is one of peace. Amen? Jesus didn't get rid of the, rid of the storm. He walked through it. You'll, uh, you'll be dancing, this is something the Spirit of God said to me. You'll be dancing to the tune of disbelief, always trying to get rid of pressure. I must say that again. You'll be dancing to the tune of disbelief, always trying to get rid of pressure. Because what you think is, I've got to get rid of the pressure in order that God can deliver me. Or order that I can believe. I've got to get rid of it. You'll always be dancing to the tune of disbelief. You have to believe in the midst of every certain... In the midst of the jail, in the midst of the deepest, darkest prison, he responded in peace. Paul and Silas responded in peace. If he was trying, if I can just get a court date, if I can just get a hearing, if I can just negotiate and and preach to the guy that's got the key, if I can just get him, he didn't try to come up with some solution to get rid of the pressure of being in the darkest jail. He didn't try to come up with his own thoughts, with his own reasonings. What would he been doing? He'd been dancing to the tune of disbelief. What did he do? He just lifted his hands. And he worshiped because he believed. 
that God had given them the direction, the instruction to go to that city, to be in that location. And he knew if God told him to go there, God would deliver him. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Kings. You mean to tell me you're going to make your kid spend his birthday money on school? Sure enough, Will. Sure enough. You don't want, sure enough, you don't want to make the effort? Because I saw you spell them all. You did a self-test yesterday, and you spelled them all right. I know you can. It's just, will you? <laughs> you know? Is you, is you going to focus, little boy? Ah. Just want to... I told her you just want to tie a string from their face to the paper, <laughs> you know, because nine times out of ten, I come in, he's got his pencil hanging off of his mouth, you know. <laughs> but see, I love it because if there's one thing about Liam, he never feels any pressure. <laughs> if you're having a rough day, he is your man. My sister calls him the hype man. He's always hyped. He is always, he is all, I mean, he will get excited about anything and everything. And he is right there with you just to hype you up to do whatever it is you think you want to do. You know, he's not a daredevil. He's just excited. He just loves life. That kid has loved life since the day he was born. So I said, brother, you got to love school as much as you love life. <laughs> Everybody else, you are not by yourself. You are not alone. Everybody else has to do the same thing. They all got to learn these same words, man. Second Kings chapter 6, and I love this passage. Oh, my goodness. It, it has encouraged me in so many, in the face of so many different times of pressure and tests. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 12. We know this, the king of Syria, he's trying to... Uh, He's trying to come against uh, the, the children of Israel. But what's happening is, 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 is Elisha is hearing from the Spirit of God and telling uh, the king about the king of Syria's moves. And the king of Syria says, who, who in my court, who up in here is turning on us? And they said, nobody. They have this prophet, his name's Elisha, and he's, uh, he's the one that is hearing your next move. And he says, okay, well, then where's Elisha? <laughs> if I can't get uh, the, whole, the, gr the whole group, I'll stop the man that's keeping me from getting the group. So he sets out to get Elisha, and they said he is in. Um, they had told him where he was, and look at verse 12. One of his servants says, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. He said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and seize him. And it was told him he's in Dothan. So the Syrian king sent their horses, chariots, and great army. They came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots around the city was around the city. Elisha's servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Elijah, uh, Elijah answered, fear not, for those with us are more than those with them. 
Then Elisha prayed, Lord, I pray you, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. What had come? Pressure. What are you going to do now, Elisha? Where are you going to go? You thought you were safe in Dothan. You thought nobody could find you there. You're sending messengers. Uh, now, can you imagine the thoughts that going, is going through his head? In the natural, every human being would go, well, they're not after me. They're not after the children of Israel. I'm over here. They're in Samaria. You know, they were in a totally different location. The king was in a totally different location, and now they've shown up at your doorstep. Suddenly, a test has shown up at your doorstep. Suddenly, symptoms have shown up at your doorstep. And uh, we don't need a servant anymore to tell us what's going on. (laughs) We have our own, right here, our own battleground, the thought life, where the devil will come and say, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Those very words are dripping with fear. They're weighted in anxiety, worry, doubt. Where are you going to go now? Not just what are you going to do. Where are you going to go? They're surrounding you. How are you going to get out of this? The Israeli army is somewhere totally different. You have no way of getting any, listen to this, you have no way of getting any, he had no way of getting any natural help. You see that? No way of, there's no natural answer right now. There's no tunnels, there's no airplanes, there's no helicopters, there's no nothing to escort him out of the city away from the Syrian army. He was so far from natural help. But this is when God does his best work. When we are so far removed from any natural help. Amen? And he said, but I like, I like this. He said, uh, then Elisha prayed, Lord, I pray you open his eyes that he may see. That means he saw something already. He just wanted his helper to see. He wanted his helper to be at peace. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. This story and this passage didn't, didn't start here. But I want you to see something. The effects, now listen to this, the effects of pressure. I didn't say pressure. The effects of pressure are simply due to an unrenewed mind. If you're feeling the effects of pressure, let's name some. How about we name a couple? And if I didn't name any, don't raise your hand and give me some. Just just write it down. (laughs) Number one, fear, worry, and anxiety. Right? Fear, worry, and anxiety. That's top of the list. That's the first thing you'll wake up to in the morning. I mean, have you been there? I didn't even open my eyes. You don't even open your eyes and you just see numbers. (laughs) You know, you're half awake and you just, your your checkbook is literally talking to you. You know, the day's needs are literally talking to you. What is that? The pressure's come for the fear, worry, and anxiety to set in before you have an opportunity to get in peace. The devil's very strategic. He knows. Nothing to be afraid of, but he knows. He knows. 
What about, um, this is another one that we have to keep our, our antennas up for. We have to recognize in our life because fear, worry, and anxiety, oftentimes we can kind of recognize, we can get in a service and we go, oh yeah, yeah, I'm in fear. That, that, I was in fear this week about that. I'm not thinking right about that. I'm not, we can recognize worry. Doctor, you say if you're, if you're thinking about it, you're worried about it. How many of you still say that to yourself? I say this to myself all the time. If you're thinking about it, okay, or if you're thinking about it, how many times today have you thought of that? Ah, I've thought of that way too many times. I'm worried. I haven't cast the care. I got to let that go. Anxiety. Anxiety, uh, uh, f- feeling panicked, you know, unsettled. I, I like to use anxiety because anxiety almost has this um, impression that you're incapable of functioning, you know, because the way they, you know, you'll see it on TV, the pills you take, panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Anxiety is simply, uh, uh, you're feeling flustered. That's anxiety. I, I'm just flustered. I'm just, you're anxious. You're not in, you can say it's you're not in peace because if you're in peace, you're never anxious. You're always settled. You're always at rest. Flustered, um, nervous, unsettled. The next one, what about this? Passing the blame. Passing the blame. I know none of you ever do that. You never do that. You never pass the blame of why you're in the situation you're in and under the pressure you're under. (laughs) Never pass the blame. No, when you find yourself taking and wanting to pass the to pass the blame of why you have pressure on you, now you know you're you're not you haven't dealt with the pressure. You're not in rest. You're not in peace. Uh, we're not in the right position. Uh, what about irritability? You're irritable, confused, emotional. Oftentimes, we, we want to say that we're emotional because we had a long day. We're emotional because, uh, you know, the, parents, I'm just telling you right now, you know, my mom used to say me, tell me, if you want to cry, I'm going to give you something to cry about. <laughs> and she did. And I do. Because if you really think that's bad enough to cry over, let me, let me help you physically feel something because you got a good life. This just in, public, public's PSA to this household, y'all have a good life. Everybody's got a good life. Your bellies are full. Your parents are together. You know, you got a great church with wonderful people and good friends and you got a place to go to every day. You know? How many of us do that as adults, though? We get emotional. Public service announcement to yourself. You're a child of the Most High God. Oh, my goodness. I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. Oh, my goodness. I am so grateful that I even know that faith that I can call and say uh, to what I need, that I can speak to the mountain. I have, not only can we be grateful and thankful that we're born again, but we have come in truly into the household of understanding faith. We got, we've got revelation. 
Amen. And you, you begin to thank God when you want to cry, when you want to go, I don't know what to do. Talk about what you do know. Talk about what you do have. Talk about what you have seen. Get your eyes. The key, and this is, this is what we want to get to tonight. The key to keep on going and keep walking through pressure, not getting relief, not getting rid of it, but the key to walking on even under pressure is having correct eyesight, keeping your eyes. And we're going to see this. Go with me to 2 Kings. Go back a couple. 2 Kings chapter 2, a couple chapters. Because what happened? Elisha had good eyesight, good spiritual eyesight. He saw with his spirit. If pressure's on you today, that means your spiritual sight is not on the right thing. If you're feeling, if you've been passing the blame, if you've been irritable, if you've been anxious, if you've been worried, all because something has brought, there's a situation in the natural that you cannot get natural relief from. You have no answer to. You have no way of getting out of this situation that you know of. And you recognize only God, but I am under it. I am feeling the pressure of that. The way to keep going. And I'm telling you, if you will keep going, faith doesn't quit. If you will keep going, God will always see you through. If you just won't quit, you will win. Faith never folds. It never folds. It never throws down. It never says, it's easier for me to get up from the table and walk away. I'll take the earnings I got and I'll call it a day. Faith never does that. It always holds out because it always knows it has the winning hand. It always knows it's holding the hand of faith is always holding the winning cards. You just have to outlast him at that table. And wait for him to quit. And you understand, Elisha, he saw it. He saw in the spirit and he said, would you allow, God, would you allow my servant to see what I see? How do you know Elisha's psalm? Look here, uh, 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 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. He said, and when they had gone over, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, I pray you, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He said, you have asked a hard thing. However, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. As they still went on and talked, behold, a chariot of fire. Doesn't this sound familiar? And horses of fire parted the two of them, and Elisha went up in a whirlwind into heaven, and Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen, and he saw him no more. He saw him for one reason. Saw those chariots for one reason. He wouldn't leave where he was connected. This is the foundation of strong spiritual eyesight, making it through pressure. Getting to the other side, not quitting is don't leave where you're connected. Stay close. Every week when we gather together, it's because we're coming to better see and get in focus. Amen. What it is that God has for us. 
Thank God we've been taught. Thank God the, 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 you know, even as a leader, I've been taught by Pastor Nancy. We were taught by doctor that there's things that we will walk through and that we will pray through that will allow us to help the revelation. What did he have? He had somebody had already been through some things. He stayed close with him. And when he saw him go home at the most difficult time, he got to see into the spirit realm. So what happened? As he watched him walk through it, now while he's walking through it, he goes, I know what's out there. I can see it. What do you think would have happened to him had he not seen in the spirit realm on the day that his man of God went home? Had he not stayed close? It would, they would have had his life. They would have had his life. Because he wouldn't have had the capabilities and the capacity of the revelation See, the capacity for greater revelation and greater insight came when he stayed with his man of God. In order for you to have the greatest capacity, and you know this, the, the, the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. That means we get more and more and more revelation from glory to glory, from you know divine impartation to divine impartation. How does that come? Staying where we're connected. Staying fitly joined together. So that our eyesight, so that, that, that somebody, we may not, you may even not uh, uh, know how to focus in right. How many of you have been there and you've been in a service? I tell you, I've been there before. You didn't even know the piece that was missing. You didn't even know you were out of focus. <laughs> I've been there so many times. I did not even know my view was not even in focus. And you came to one service and one statement, one scripture, one impartation. The word of God is delivered and in focus. Oh my gosh, I have never seen it like that before. I see it now. I see it now. Why? Because you're, you're joined together. What it, was Elisha saying? Oh, I see it for myself now. I see those that stuck with Elijah, those who were with Elijah. They're with me now. They're up on those hills. Now God let him see. So number one, it's through who we're joined to. Where are we joined to? Don't leave it. Number two, through prayer. And what do we have for us now? We're over in, in the New Testament. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. That the eyes of our understanding are being in line, that me, we may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Amen? Amen? We continue to pray that Ephesians prayer. Let's turn there. Let's get our eyes on it, and we'll close with that, Ephesians, because I want you to see it and understand that this is our promise from God that we can pray. If we are in our divine location, we are in our divine spot, it's going to equip us and give us the needed tools. Now, Elijah couldn't stay. It was not appointed for him to stay. It was appointed for him to go. But thank God, this church is not appointed to go anywhere. <laughs> it's appointed to stay here. Yeah. Yeah. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. That the God, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding. Being enlightened, that's what, he pray, uh, that's what Elisha prayed for his servant. 
that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power. It's not according to what you understand. It's not according to what you can comprehend. It's not according to how good you are, how holy you are. You know what I'm talking about? In your own mind, in a religious way. It's according to the working of his power. It's according to the power that he, uh, he sent down to raise Christ Jesus from the dead that's living and dwelling on the inside of you. So if we're in our, listen, there's nothing that the devil can bring to you. There's no pressure that can come that you cannot keep walking through as long as you're divinely connected and you are praying and believing for revelation. I told the Bible school students this this week. There is nothing that you're facing that God does not already have an answer ready, waiting, and lined up to give you. It is ready. He is waiting on us to get in focus. This is why we cannot forsake the assembling of ourselves. This is why we have to stay fitly joined together. Amen? Because we've got to see. Obviously, Paul wouldn't have wrote, wrote this prayer if he, uh, he understood some things. They've got to see. The people have got to see. They've got to have the eyes of their understanding. They've got to be able to comprehend what, as Pastor Nancy has so wonderfully taught us, who we are, what we have, and what we can do. See, that day that Jesus walked on the water, he understood who he was, what he has, and what God sent him to do. There's no reason we can't have that same confidence. We are to be walking in the very same confidence, the very same spirit. Amen? You do not have to live being a victim to pressure and circumstances. Doesn't mean you get relief. If you're trying to get relief, know this, there's disbelief. Because you don't believe God's going to bring you through. There's some part of you that believes that you may not come out of it this time. So I got to get out of it myself. We're not looking for relief. Your spiritual insight is dependent on your connection and prayer. Listen, natural solutions for natural pressure create natural messes. Natural solutions for natural pressure create natural messes. If you try to get relief, if you try to get that pressure off of you by coming up with a natural solution, just know this, you might end up with a natural mess on your hands. God doesn't create messes. He heals completely. He doesn't just heal, he makes whole. Amen? He provides, he doesn't just, we all we know how to do is put a Band-Aid. That's all we know how to do. That's all getting relief is, is putting, slapping a Band-Aid on that. You know who loves Band-Aids? Children. Oh, my gosh. You pull out a Band-Aid box, they could have a cut that needs stitches, and if you just put a Band-Aid on it, they think they got, I mean, you know, I got a splinter. We put a Band-Aid on it. I'll feel much better. It's amazing how quickly pain actually goes away when you put a Band-Aid on a kid. <laughs> Parents, y'all know. Especially a Band-Aid with a cartoon character on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those, those Band-Aids. Children love Band-Aids. We are not called to be children anymore. Not to need the milk, but we are going for the meat. That means we are not looking to just have a Band-Aid put on our situation. It's to be completely restored. 
completely provided for, completely put back together. I'm holding out. I'm holding out for completion. Even if it means pressure, I'm holding out till God finishes the work. And Father, while I'm under that pressure, just help my eyesight. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Grant that unto me that I will know better who I am, what I'm called to do, how I'm called to walk, what I'm called to say, what I'm called to declare, and the actions I need to take while I'm waiting. (laughs) Amen? I'm not putting a Band-Aid anymore. No more Band-Aids. No more Band-Aids. Is that the title of tonight's sermon? No more (laughs) Band-Aids. Amen. Why are you blessed tonight? You can declare it. I'm blessed. I'm at rest. I'm free. Amen. It's always good in the mornings to get up and, and evaluate yourself. Is there pressure today? That's okay. That's okay, devil. We're still walking. I'm still talking the word. Pressure, you got no hold on me. You're not slowing me down. Amen. I'm divinely connected. God has every answer for my life. I may not know it right now, but God's revealing it to me. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is mine. The eyes of mine. Sometimes you can just start declaring you have the answer even before you see it. I have it. I see clearly. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.